0: From the healing heart of Dr. Nina Savelle Rockland comes the Dr. Nina Show with a message of hope for people struggling with binge eating. She helps listeners break free from emotional eating by identifying their hidden triggers and provides a path for healing without dieting or focusing on food. Dr. Nina inspires us to enjoy the full spectrum of human experience we all deserve to live.
1: there. Welcome to the Dr. Nina Show. I am your host, Dr. Nina Savelle Rocklin. I am a psychoanalyst specializing in eating disorders, and I am here to help you break free from binging, body shame, and diets that don't work. I want you to wake up and think about your day, not your diet. The first step to creating a binge-free, happy life is is to focus on what's eating at you, to focus on why you are eating, not what you are eating. And I am here to help you. I, I am here to help you every step of the way. So welcome. And today I'm going to talk about the seven little known secrets to stop binging forever. Yes, you heard that right. Forever. And I'm going to discuss that. And if we have time, I'm going to open up the phone lines. So if you'd like to call in then and talk with me, I'll let you know what the number is. Then if you're on the Instagram live stream, feel free to leave a comment anytime. Hi, Janine. Good to see you. Hi, Sheila. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Okay. Let's get right to it. The seven little known secrets to stop binge eating forever. So we've all been there, right? That moment when you just can't stop eating and you keep going, even though you regret every single bite. It feels like you have zero willpower. It feels like there is nothing you can do to stop yourself. You feel controlled by food and thoughts of food. You want to lose weight. You want to feel healthy. And you've tried everything, but nothing has worked in the long run. Maybe you even feel like you're addicted to food, especially when you feel that irresistible, unstoppable urge to head to the kitchen or order DoorDash after dinner or when you're completely full. Or maybe you even know exactly why you're eating, but you don't know how to change the control that food has over you. You want to eat normally and you want to feel normal, but you don't know how to get there. Well, if that sounds familiar, Don't worry, you are not alone. In fact, binging is a common issue many people struggle with. Even if you've tried everything and nothing has worked, there is hope. It really is possible to escape food obsession and guilt and create a life of freedom, liberation, and self-love so you can truly live your best life. Um, So since we have some new listeners and new viewers, I want to take a moment and first talk about how I personally stopped obsessing over food and stopped binging for good, which led me to become a psychotherapist, a psychoanalyst, and a coach, and now I help other people do the exact same thing. That's why I do this show. I, 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 I know that change is possible. I once considered myself the poster child for eating disorders. I'll get to that in a second. I know that change is possible and I want to motivate you and help you create the same kind of change. So I want you to know you never have to feel guilty or ashamed about your eating habits ever again. You really can free yourself from the chains of binge eating. You really can. You can enjoy life without food controlling you and you can feel good about yourself and you can feel good in your body. All right. So why do I do this work? How did I, how did I become the, the poster child for eating disorders? Well, let me, let me start by um, telling you about my very first group I did for women with binge eating disorder. So I was a, a brand new... Something's happening with my... Hold on. <laughs> okay. Um, I was a brand new therapist and I was really nervous. I was about to start my very first group And it was my very first group for women with binge eating disorder. And when I introduced myself, one of the women, let me, let me, let me set the stage a little bit. This woman, she had like bright red hair. She was in her fifties. She was a little scary. She had like that look in her eye that totally intimidated me. And she looked me up and down and she said, so what does a skinny bitch like you know about binging? Hmm. So the entire group was staring at me. My heart was pounding. I just was mortified. And I just decided that all the things that I had planned for that very first group, I just I just set it aside. And what I said to the group was, hey, this skinny bitch once scarfed down an entire box of gingerbread cookies in about 15 minutes flat. And I hate, hate gingerbread. But I couldn't. Stop eating those cookies. I told the group that when I was five years old, I came to believe that if I were thinner, I would somehow be better. And that was the beginning of my obsession with my weight and with food. By the time I was a teenager, my first thoughts in the morning were always about whether I'd have the discipline to be good that day, meaning, you know, eat clean or whatever I thought good was at that point. And I would go to sleep counting calories and fat grams the way other people count sheep. In my desire to be perfect, I followed the strictest, most unrealistic diets. I kept track of literally everything I ate. And when my willpower eventually failed, which it did, it always did, it always does, I would lose control and binge only to feel nothing but shame. And the cycle would start all over again. Um, And sometimes I would purge, which made me the poster child for eating disorders. I would restrict, I would binge and purge, and I would binge. So finally, I went to therapy for anxiety. I shared everything with my therapist. Talked about guys and goals and dreams and fears. I shared everything with my therapist, except for one thing. I never told her what was going on with food. I had, I I, I I, was just too ashamed. I was just too too ashamed. I had too much pride. I was mortified. I was way too ashamed to tell anyone what I was doing. So no one knew the truth, not even my therapist. Yet by the time I left therapy, all my eating disorder behaviors were gone for good. And not once, not a single time had I ever told my therapist what was really going on with food. So how was that possible? Well, I had learned that food wasn't the problem. It was actually the solution to the problem. The real problem was that I was critical and harsh to myself. I was the original mean girl, but only to me. And I was using food to escape my own mean voice. So the coaching I got in therapy helped me become more self-compassionate. I learned to cope with with challenging situations in a different way instead of distracting myself by eating. I learned the art of calming my emotions with words instead of reaching for a box of cookies or a pint of ice cream or whatever was in the pantry. I am living proof that it is possible to liberate yourself from binge eating with the right help. And later, as I said before, I became a therapist because I wanted to help other people stop the obsession and the madness. We know that madness. It's the worst. It's not just the eating part. It's the thinking part about food, weight, and body image. And I want to help other people do that. I want to help you do that all without ever counting a single macro or thinking about food or exercise. It really is possible to ditch dieting, stop thinking about food 24-7, and banish binging so you can get back to living your life and be healthy. And why should you believe me other than what I told you? Well, you know that I am the host of The Dr. Nina Show. I'm also a psychoanalyst specializing in eating disorders as well as a coach. I'm creator of The Binge Cure Method, and I've written four books. Uh, there's The Binge Cure, Seven Steps to Outsmart Emotional Eating. Here, whoop, here it is. Um, there's Food for Thought, which is a perspective on eating book. There is Beyond the Primal Addiction, which I co-edited with my amazing mentor, Dr. Salman Akhtar, and we also co-edited a new book, Food Matters, which is going to be coming out later this year. Um, so, uh, also exciting news, the binge cure journal, which is a guided journal is also going to be available this year. So I share this because I want you to have confidence that not only do I know how to treat binge eating disorder, I have been there myself. I know what it feels like to struggle. And I know there is hope for total and complete liberation from all food issues. So let's get to it. As part of this liberation, let's talk about the seven little-known secrets to stop binging forever. Um, So first of all, let me ask you, is this you? Can you relate to this? You're stuck in the diet binge cycle. You can't seem to get out of it. Your closet is filled with all the clothes you want to wear someday. You have tried every diet that exists. And sometimes you lose weight. Or you stop binging, but you always gain it back and you always go back to binging. You feel weak, out of control, with no willpower. You feel terrible about what you're doing and about yourself. You're exhausted. You're discouraged. You can't stop thinking about food. And you know, again, you've been on and off a, a, like a million diets or as close to a million as you can get You've tried every weight loss, membership, meal plan, calorie tracking app, and hey, let's face it, you've done it all. And chances are these solutions have not worked for you in the long run, and you end up falling back into the same diet binge cycle. So dieting is about deprivation on some level, always, and the anticipation or experience of deprivation leads to you wanting what you can't have. So you end up binging on all the foods that you tell yourself are off limits. So imagine being able to keep any food in the house without binging on it. Think about what it would be like to stop binging, lose weight, if that's what you want. Not everyone who wants to stop binging wants to lose weight, but many do. And to be fitter and healthier and to feel better and happier in your life. So the first step to take your power back from food and get your life back or get, or get a life to begin with is to stop dieting. It's very scary for many people to consider this, to stop dieting. You know, you have a lot of hope and optimism when you start dieting, but eventually, you know, you go off the diet, you feel guilty, you end up eating all the foods that you couldn't eat while you were on the diet, everything you've been deprived, depriving yourself of, plus some more and that leaves you feeling you know, like a failure and feeling shamed. So you go on another diet, hopeful that this time, this time will be different. But it's not. It never is. And before you know it, you're back in that diet binge cycle again. Rinse and repeat. So if this diet binge cycle is familiar to you, you are not weak. You are not a failure. You're just stuck. And that has nothing to do with, with willpower, control, or being addicted to food. Diets don't help you stop binging. They don't help you stop emotional eating. They only focus on what you are eating and not why. And there are many reasons you are turning to food. And often those reasons are hidden in our unconscious minds. Food may seem like it has some power. Over you. But that is just because you haven't honed in on those root causes. Diet fails you. Dieting fails you because you're trying to resolve the wrong problem. So the way out is to stop focusing on what you're eating and start identifying what's eating at you. By giving up the diet habit, me. It's scary, but so worth it. You can say goodbye to binge eating, body shame, and diets though don't work. And this is the first crucial step to transforming your mind and body and creating that life that you love. All right. Number two, second step, instead of focusing on food, working work instead on cracking the code of emotional eating or on binging. So take a moment Take a moment and think about your last craving. Did you want something smooth like ice cream or filling like pizza or cake or muffins? Or maybe you grabbed that last bag of chips. So what does this all mean? Well, in all the years that I've been helping people with their eating issues, I started noticing some patterns. No matter what their age, no matter what their gender or ethnicity, no matter how long they had been struggling, when it came to these cravings, they were drawn to three basic categories of food. Smooth and creamy foods, such as ice cream or pudding or yogurt, filling foods, bread, pizza, pasta, cake, muffins, that kind of thing, or crunchy foods like chips or crackers or pretzels. So when we crave ice cream it, it re- or something creamy, like in the first category, it really isn't ice cream we want. It's comfort. So the key to change is finding new ways of comforting ourselves that don't involve eating. The second category is filling. These are all foods that take up space within us. And that is related to symbolically filling a void. So instead... Let's take a look at the holes in your life, the empty spaces. What's missing? What do you need more of? And find new ways of filling them. And last is crunchy textures. Anything that makes us bite down hard, that's associated with forms of anger, like frustration, annoyance, irritation, rage. Anger is, uh, uh, is on a continuum, as are all feelings. So instead of crunching down on crunchy foods and then getting mad at yourself for eating them, learn to express anger in a healthy way. Again, with words. Now, what about chocolate? Where does chocolate fit in? Question I get all the time. Well, some of us only like milk chocolate or chocolate with creamy centers, and others will not eat chocolate if it doesn't have nuts. And plain dark chocolate, usually has a bit of a crunch. So chocolate is either creamy associated with a need for comfort or crunchy associated with some form of anger. And also, maybe you need more sweetness in your life, not the kind that comes from sugar. I'm talking about the sweetness of connection, fulfillment, and love. This is what I call my food mood formula. And by the way, keep in mind, eating some chips with your sandwich is not the same as having a whole family size bag. of. And what about chocolate? Where does that fit in? Well, some of us only like milk chocolate or chocolate with creamy centers and others won't eat chocolate if it doesn't have nuts and plain dark chocolate usually has a bit of a crunch. So chocolate is either creamy associated with comfort or or crunchy associated with forms of anger. And also consider if you need more sweetness in your life, not the kind that comes from sugar, but the sweetness of fulfillment, connection, and love. This is what I call my food mood formula. And keep in mind that eating some some chips with your sandwich is not the same as diving into a family-sized bag of Doritos and hating yourself with every bite. The food mood formula only applies to those situations where you feel a pull toward food in order to change the way you emotionally feel. So next time you get a craving, consider if it's for something creamy, filling, or crunchy. When you identify and respond to the underlying needs, emotions, wishes, conflicts, fears, whatever, you stop eating to cope. Now, what I just shared is a tool to help you discover your hidden why you're eating. So you can focus on what's eating at you instead of on what you're eating. Because once you have clarity on the root causes of binging you're going to be able to know there is a there's a reason you're doing this and you're going to be able to come up with a solution to whatever is actually getting at you and that is a way for you to create permanent change you know because of this step this this is leading you to liberation rather than recovery recovery is about always being in recovery oh i always have to be in recovery i'm thinking about what i should or shouldn't eat no. No in recovery. There is no recovery when it comes to binge eating disorder. There is only liberation. Liberation means, "Hey, that's something I used to do when I was battling myself, but I I don't do that anymore. That's something in my rearview mirror. I don't do that anymore. That was something I used to do. I'm liberated. I'm living my life." And when you do that, you're more intentional about eating. And you have no more shame or blame around food. And you experience, because of that, more control. And most importantly, more inner peace. Okay, the next step to creating a binge-free, happy life is to learn how to soothe without food. So I think Sheila had left a message during the little break about not knowing how to comfort herself. This is exactly going to uh, address that. So you know, as you can see, what you're eating isn't even the real problem. So let's talk about the real problem. I'm going to get to how to soothe yourself in a second. But first, let's talk about the problem, the real problem, the actual problem, which is that we live in a society that says it is not okay to have emotions. We are considered weak if we have them and strong if we push them away. If you're scared, oh, be strong, fight, don't give in to fear. If you're angry, you're an angry person. You need anger management classes. If you're sad, you must be depressed. You need an antidepressant. If you're anxious, hey, there is a pill for that too. So the message is there is something wrong with emotions. Now, of course, many of us do benefit from medication. But what I'm talking about are injunctions against our natural, basic human emotions that connect us to ourselves and to each other. And with all of these prohibitions against feelings, it is no wonder so many of us don't know how to comfort ourselves or be with ourselves or express ourselves or, or respond to ourselves. No wonder so many of us eat for comfort. Yet, when we find other ways of coping... Everything changes. So instead of stuffing down your emotions, you express them. Emotions remember are simply reactions to situations. They are not character flaws. If you're upset about something, you're if you're angry about something, you are not an angry person, you are a person who's angry. And your emotions need your attention, not your condemnation. Sounds simple, I know. Yeah. But it's not because Many of us do not know how to feel our feelings. We do not know how to express ourselves. We think we have to just sit in our feelings, which sounds terrible. The, the analogy that always comes to my mind is, you know, sitting in your feelings is like sitting in a, in a, in a tub of dirty bathwater. Ew, who wants to do that? Yuck. No, thank you. Now, That is not how we feel our feelings because we can't sit our feelings away anymore that we can stuff them down or let them go or ignore them or positive think them away or gratitude them away or all the ways that we try to get rid of uh, feelings by not feeling them. So start by putting words to your emotion. So first use that food mood formula to help you identify what it is that you are feeling. If you need comfort, are you sad? Are you upset? If, if you're filling a void, are you lonely? Are you empty? Is something missing in your life? What are the holes in your lives? What does it feel like to, to, to think about that? What comes to your mind? If you're eating crunchy things, what are you mad about? What's frustrating you? What's irritating you? If you weren't mad at yourself, who or what would you be mad at? And then finish a sentence like, like uh, if you if you look on um, I, was, I, was say, fin- I was gonna say finish I was gonna say finish the the prompts in my book but I realize not all of you have my book. Um, but let me show you if you have it and if you don't have it, you might want to get it. It's available on Amazon in every single format. okay so here we have prompts page 45 46, 47. prompts because often we don't know how to express ourselves. So for example, um, you know, give give anger a voice. You would finish the prompt. I'm frustrated because I'm frustrated because we were supposed to get our solar panels 3 months ago and they're still not up. That's really frustrating. Whatever it is for you. You know, I'm I'm sad because you know, uh, I haven't seen someone I care about for a really long time. I'm, you know, and on and on, you you give it a voice. So you you express it. I'm mad because of this. I'm sad because of that. I'm ha- even, I'm happy about this. I'm anxious because of this. You express yourself and because what you feel, you will heal. Practice makes progress. When you master this step, when you express what is on your mind and what you are feeling because thoughts lead to feelings, lead to behavior. We just focus on the behavior. Nothing ever changes for good. You've got to look at what are the thoughts that are leading to the feelings? If you say, oh, I'm so mad at myself because I ate chips, you're going to feel terrible. And you can't simultaneously feel terrible because you've just said something about yourself that made you feel terrible and support you. Those things don't happen simultaneously. So often, I'm so mad at myself for fill in the blank. You feel terrible. Then you go to food to escape your inner critic. If you say, huh, I find myself turning to those chips. I wonder what's going on with me. I know from the food mood formula, I must have some feeling of anger. Am I frustrated, irritated? Am I furious? What's going on with me? And who or what is making me feel that way? Let me express that. That gets it out of you and onto a page, whether that page is in fact paper or in a computer or a note in your phone, gets it out of you. Um, so let me give you an example of the way, how the way that we, uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. Okay. Cause I'm reading your feelings are real, but not necessarily reality, right? Feelings aren't facts, but your feelings need your attention, not your condemnation. What you feel you will heal, says the saying, but how do you feel? Well, first, start by expressing them in words. All right, so the next secret is to activate self-love. Now, take a moment, take a moment and think about a friend of yours, someone you care about deeply, a friend or just a, a child, a partner, someone you really, really care about. Now, imagine that person is upset. Would you say, oh, you're upset. Okay, you're upset. Look, I know just what to do. The ice cream's in the freezer. The chips are in the pantry. Let's order pizza. Of course not. You would never say that. I don't think so. You'd be helpful. You'd be interested. You'd be supportive. You'd talk to your friend. Hey, what's going on? Tell me why you're upset. The goal is to treat ourselves the same way. But first, we have to identify our inner critic, which can be tricky. So let me tell you about, uh, I'll call her Becca, not her real name. So Becca would start every day looking in the bathroom at the mirror and making a face at her reflection. And she would say to herself, You're disgusting. You're disgusting. So I asked her to repeat that, but in I language, as in, I'm disgusting. And she couldn't. She said it sounded way too harsh. And that's exactly the point. When we use the pronoun you, when we're talking to ourselves, that often means our inner critic is in charge of our thoughts. So if you've ever said anything to yourself like, hey, you're not good enough. You're going to fail. They don't like you. Then that's your inner critic talking. And it makes you feel bad. And when you feel bad because you're criticizing yourself, and you, which means you don't have a part of you that can be supportive, you're going to eat just to escape your own mean inner critic, your own mean voice. Instead, take your own side. Ask yourself, hey, what's going on with me? What do I need right now? What am I feeling? Tell yourself, I'm capable. I've got this. I'm perfectly imperfect. I like me. Changing the way we talk to ourselves can be incredibly powerful. So Becca started being kinder to herself. And guess what? Food stopped having power over her. She stopped binging and she got her life back. And when she looked in the mirror, she radiated beauty, vibrancy, and confidence from the inside out. Being kind to ourselves is so important. And that means not just the words we say, but how we say them. Example, Samantha. Again, not her real name. So Samantha tried talking to herself and she said it didn't work. She said she used all the right words, said everything right, didn't help, didn't help at all. So I asked her to repeat exactly what she had said in the same way that she had said it. Okay. I'm going to demonstrate. She said, okay, this is Samantha. This is hard, but I'm going to get through it. I'll be okay. Okay. She sounded like she was at a funeral. No wonder she didn't feel better. Now the very same words can sound completely different in a different tone, you know, in a kind reassuring tone. This is hard, but I'm going to get through it. I'm going to be okay. A soothing tone can be like a verbal hug. So after practicing this way of responding to herself, Samantha noticed a huge shift. She'd never been able to keep Oreos in the house before without eating all of them within, like, I don't know, a couple hours, maybe a day. And one day she realized she totally forgotten that she had Oreos in the pantry and they had been there for weeks. How did this happen? Because when Samantha started being nicer to herself, food stopped being a problem. She stopped binging and she felt as if she was living more, loving herself more and having fun again. Yeah. And the same will happen for you too because when you change the way you talk to yourself, Food stops having power over you. You get your life back. All right. The fifth secret is to disrupt guilt and shame. Here's how. This is an example from, I will call her Kelly, not her real name. She said, this is a quote from Kelly. She said, oh my God, I can't believe I ate pizza last night. I can't believe how bad I was. Oh, I was so bad. I had so much of that pizza. All right. Consider the last time you said something negative when talking about what you ate or intended to consume. It's hard to feel good about ourselves if our worthiness comes from what we are eating or not eating. And let's face it, our society tells us that eating is tied to our morality in some way, right? We're good if we eat salad and we're bad if we eat pasta, you know, there must be crimes against you know humanity committed in kitchens across America. If that is the if that is the, the the gauge by which we are <laughs> gauging morality. No! Feeling guilty or ashamed for what you are eating or how much you weigh can be a distraction from a deeper sense of guilt or shame about other areas of your life. Guilt is Is about something that you did or didn't do. Guilt references behavior and actions. We feel guilty when we think we did something wrong or when we choose not to take action. Guilt sounds like, oh, I've done something really bad. I did something wrong. Shame. Shame is about who you are as a person. It's about your essential character. Shame is often associated with secrecy, leads to isolation. Shame sounds like. There's something really bad or wrong about me. There's something wrong with me. And so often we beat ourselves up for not being perfect. And we feel ashamed when we, you know, indulge in foods that we like or when we binge. Uh, But what if we could challenge this basic notion that we should feel guilty or shamed for eating? What if instead we could view food as something that is good, good enough, Self-esteem is one of the most important things when it comes to our relationship with food. And if we have healthy self-esteem, we're more likely to make choices that are good for us, both physically and emotionally. When we feel good about ourselves, our whole selves, we're less likely to turn to food for comfort or satisfaction or distraction. And when we don't feel good about ourselves, we're more likely to use food to cope. Um, whether it's binge eating or other unhealthy behaviors. So the next time you beat yourself up for something you ate, try to step back and remember this. Just because you're not perfect doesn't mean you're not worthy of love and respect. Remember, you are worthy of taking care of yourself physically and emotionally. And when you make choices that are good for you, you know, acknowledge that, give yourself a pat on the back. You deserve it. When you free yourself of judgment and self consciousness, you get to live life on your own terms. You no longer label food and yourself as good or bad, and that feels really amazing and liberating. And when you trust yourself around food, you can focus on other aspects of your life and enjoy your life more. Um, I should also add that there is no such thing as perfect. Nobody is perfect. The only perfection is in geometry. You can have a perfect rectangle or a perfect isosceles triangle or whatever, but you cannot have a perfect human being. There is no such thing as a a perfect human being. And even if there were, take a moment and think about it. Doesn't that sound kind of boring? I mean, why do we strive for, for, for perfection when it's our flaws that ultimately make us interesting? If you see them as flaws, I mean, Not actual flaws, but our our imperfections, I should say, are what makes us interesting. Okay, so the sixth secret for creating a binge free life is to eliminate self sabotage. So let me ask you, does this happen to you? You're finally seeing results. You're thrilled. The scale is moving in the right direction. Your clothes are fitting a little better. You are so close to your goal weight. You have stopped binging. And then something happens. You binge on ice cream. You binge on cookies. You eat the whole cake. Lisa's saying, yes, 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 yes. You can't understand why you're doing this, but deep down, you know this isn't the first time it happened and something else is going on. In fact, every time you get close to your ideal weight, you start binging again. So what the heck is going on? What's it all about? Well, one of the main reasons we sabotage our success is because of fear. Fear of happiness. Yes, happiness. Fear of success. Fear of change. We become comfortable feeling uncomfortable because at least we know what to expect. And even though our current situation may not be ideal, it's familiar and familiarity is safe. Deep down, some of us may not believe that we deserve to feel happy or successful. We may not believe we're good enough. And this lack of self-esteem can lead to self-sabotage in all areas of our lives, not just when it comes to weight loss or stopping binging. If you repeatedly sabotage your success, it is time to take a good hard look at yourself and your beliefs about yourself. And once you identify the root cause of the self-sabotage, you can be free of it. So don't let your fears hold you back. When you stop the sabotage, You won't have to worry about control and you can experience lasting food freedom and true liberation. Um, And again, I go into a much deeper dive of uh, different areas of sabotage in, in all my books, but in particular in the binge cure. So if you're interested, there's a whole chapter on sabotage and uh, and the obstacles that, that we put in front of us. Um, uh, just uh, briefly about happiness. Why is that in there? Because even though consciously we're, we're all like, hey, I want to be happy. Who doesn't want to be happy? When I fit into that outfit, I'm going to be happy. You know, when I look at that weight on the scale, I'm going to be happy. Yeah, you are. You are. And and then what? <clears throat> because many times we, we unconsciously imagine that something bad will happen. Oh, it was too good to be true. I was waiting for the other shoe to drop. Good things can't last. Something good is always followed by something bad. Happens every time. Yeah. Well, if you're never too happy, you can never lose that happiness. And one way that you make sure that you're never too happy is you are the agent of sabotage rather than you get to a place where you're happy and then something from out of the blue impacts you. Another reason uh, fear of success is this idea of, oh, now I've got to maintain it. This fear of, I, I got to this good place, but what if what if I lose this good place? What if I gain all that weight back? What if I start binging again? That would be mortifying. Right? And so if, if you never get to a place where you're happy, you never have to worry about that happening. All right. So the last secret to creating a binge-free, happy life is to create a dream life roadmap. It's often said that the first step to achieving your dream life is creating a vision of what you want. But what does that really mean? Um, It's really important to have clarity and specificity about your goals for your life. And that means having a clear idea of what you want in every aspect of your life, from your weight to your career, finances, your relationships, your health, all parts of it. You really want to have an idea of it, not a vague notion of it. Not, well, I want to be happy. Well, what would make you happy? Specifically, what is going to make you happy? What does that look like? Who are you waking up with in the morning? Do you have a pet? Where are you go- Where are you working? What are you doing? How often are you traveling? Where are you going? How often are you seeing your family? I mean really, really specific. Are you going to have, you know, see your kids, have kids, not have kids, have a dog, a cat, both? What what, what specifically will make your life the life that you want it to be? And once you know what you want and what you don't want, you can start creating a path to get there. And, you know, like with any journey, it's not always easy. But if you keep your focus, it is possible. So you got to go out there and you got to live the life of your dreams. Take some time to think about what you really want out of life. What are your deepest desires for your life? What are your biggest goals? And once you have that idea of what you're striving for, start visualizing it. Imagine it. What does your day look like? Who are the people in your life? What is your job? What do you do for fun? Think about what you will feel like, think about, have, and do in this ideal life? What new habits will you be incorporating into this life? It's a perfect way to talk about this, perfect time to talk about this. We're in the the first, this is the first show of January, 2023. You have the year ahead of you. So instead of creating you know, goals about what you're going to do or not do in the coming year, how about just reflect on what you want and what you don't want? And then you can create it and then you can grow into this new life. Um, I'm going to give an example of Tabitha who went from self-loathing to self-confident. So Tabitha thought that once she stopped binging and lost weight, she would feel great, be happy and everything would be right in her world. Well she stopped binging and she lost weight and then nothing changed. nothing changed. but oh thanks Regan. I'm so glad that this show is helping you today. Yay um love the feedback. Uh, so Tabitha thought that once she lost weight and stopped binging or you know it goes in that order, stop binging and then lose weight, that, that, that she'd be happy. But the only thing that changed in her life was the number on the scale. The diet industry sells us the illusion that making peace with food will bring us a deep sense of happiness. And sure, it's great to stop binging. It's great to lose weight. It's great to shop for a whole new wardrobe if that's what you do. But months after she got to her ideal weight, Tabitha still felt lonely and unfulfilled in her job. So she joined a dating app, she started meeting guys, she took some online courses, she pivoted in her career. And while she has not yet met the man of her dreams, she is now in a satisfying job and she is much, much happier. So is this possible for you? Yes. Yes, it is. You just need the right guidance and some accountability. So remember, if you can imagine it, you can create it. Think about what you want your day to look like and feel like is a huge step towards changing your life. And again, I am here to help you on your journey to a life without binging. I am here every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, uh, the Dr. Nina Show on LA Talk Radio, also live streaming on Instagram. If you like the show, please find it on Apple Podcasts and uh, uh, like it and maybe share a good a review because, oh, how do you get accountability? Well, one way is to join one of my groups, Dr. Nina's Food for Thought Community on Facebook. That is my group that is open to anybody and everybody. Um, uh, I also have a group called the Binge Free Babes. They're right now doing a, a seven day kind of um, of their own volition. I didn't, I'm not making them do it. They're, they're wanting to do it. I created a new year's happiness blueprint and, um, they are all sharing their each day, their steps towards that, but you don't have to join my group. If to do that, you can also just go on. If if you're not a member, please join Dr. Nina's food for thought community on Facebook and you can find buddies there to do this. There are 1200 people there at the moment and you'll find somebody who will, or who will do it with you, or you can have accountability with the group. Great question. Um, if you go to join the babes, you just go to my website, Dr. Nina Inc. Um, and you can look for, uh, work with me. I believe you can also go to bingefreebabes.com, which is a pretty amazing group of women. They are just so awesome from all over the country. Who are supporting themselves um, with my help, my guidance? You can learn all about the program there. Again, if you want a deeper dive into this work, feel free to get my book, The Binge Cure Seven Steps to Outsmart Emotional Eating, available on Amazon in every single format, including audiobook, and I read it to you. So, Happy New Year, everybody. Have an amazing day. I will see you next week with a really cool guest. See you next week. Bye for now.
0: Calling all authors. Have you been considering an audiobook? Well, look no further. Come take advantage of Dream Vision 7 Radio Network's unique in house audiobook production, which includes benefits and bonuses from our radio station. Let our knowledgeable staff guide you to create the audiobook you've always dreamed of without breaking the bank. Check out our full one-stop service from A to Z, including the ACX process. Schedule a free consultation by calling 508-226-1723. That's 508-226-1723. Or go to dreamvision7radio.com. Thank you for joining The Dr. Nina Show, heard every Tuesday at 11 a.m. and 11 p.m. Eastern on Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. Join Dr. Nina next time for more diet-free strategies on how to outsmart emotional eating so you can stop thinking about food and start living your best and most happy life. Find out more about Dr. Nina Savelle Rockland at drninainc.com. That's D-R-N-I-N-A-I-N-C dot com. Nina Show is now on the Dream Vision 7 Radio Network every Tuesday, 11 a.m. and 11 p.m. Eastern Time. From the healing heart of Dr. Nina Sabelle Rockland comes a message of hope for people struggling with binge eating. She helps listeners break free from emotional eating by identifying the hidden triggers to binging and provides a path for healing without dieting or focusing on food. As she puts it, it's not what you're eating that's the real problem. It's what's eating at you. Be Sure to tune in for diet free strategies on how to outsmart emotional eating so you can stop thinking about food and start living your
1: best and most happy life. This is Dream Vision 7 Radio Network, uniting mankind with universal love. Our shows are created from the heart, bringing each listener to a place of divine enlightenment. Breathe, relax and enjoy. Let life flow.